With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is the main event, Mark's Podcast, brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Radio Network and the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad. I am Troy, and with me as always, he is the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the main event collector. He is the Kevin Nash to my Diamond Dallas page. It's the insider, Greg. What's up, Greg? Hey, yo. What? I want to say Oh, yeah, well, he was he was long, he, he had long drank himself out of WCW at this point, I think. Look, I'll always still be a huge fan of his. Oh, well, yeah, I, I mean, I grew up loving Razor Ramon and Scott Hall and everything, so it sucks. Despite him but... being more of a drunk than my own father, I will still love him. <laughs> oh, man, he's more of a drunk than most people's fathers combined. <laughs> but hey, man, he apparently he pulled the nose up, he's doing good, so, you know, there's there's always a silver lining. That's good, too, that's important to note. Yeah. And he doesn't look like hell. I mean, right. he doesn't look yeah. like he should, but he looks pretty good. So. Yeah, I mean, he used to look like a Greek god back in the day, but yeah. So, But today, man, uh, we're talking about something that, uh, well, this was... What's uh, a lot of these guys that we just mentioned are in this, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, I, this is, as Tony Schiavone liked to say, WCW is a coffin on roller skates at this point. Uh, man, this I, was I, like... I miss WCW so much, but not for this. I had asked you, like, I was texting with you during the show. I was like, my God, it's like, what is going on? And you're like, well, Russo's gone at this point, I think. I said, yeah, so what the hell is it? I've made this reference before. It's like when somebody cuts a fart and then, like, leaves the room and the stink sticks around. Like, (laughs) that's Vince Russo. But I was like, is that it? Because I'm like, who the hell is still booking it this way? And come to find out, I looked it up. It was Ed Ferrara. Oh, okay. I was going to say Kevin Sullivan. Okay. No, Ed Ferrara Um... was, I mean. Technically, Vince Russo, if, if you actually look it up, Vince Russo was still on payroll. He just took his ball and went home, bro. It was gone forever. So I think Russo was like shadow booking 
I quote unquote with uh, with Ed Ferrara. So we can. That's just a thing with him. He does that. He did that with TNA too. Remember? So that's just a thing. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna go home and cry, bro. Uh, well, I mean, Eric Bischoff said he's like, I've never seen someone take their ball and go home to cry more times than Vince Russo. Uh, it's very true. So, you know, uh, if it ever comes out, like, uh, and I hope this day it's not for like a hundred years, but like if he passes away, someone does brain scans on him. <laughs> I really hope that like it comes out normal because if it comes out like you have something wrong with him this whole time, I'm gonna feel like crap for bagging on the guy. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I mean, well, Greg, stupid isn't a disease, okay? That's what I'm saying. I hope he is, <laughs> it's fine. He's just an idiot. Yeah, I make fun uh, of that. That's on your own court, so that's fair game in my opinion. But if there's something wrong, you know, no, I'm not making fun of that. I think he's just a weirdo. Uh, so I know, same again, thing with Ed Ferrara. I hope. Yeah. Weird as it sounds, I hope. Him and Ed Ferrara are just weird and dumb. It just, like... And we've talked before about not everything they did was terrible, just the majority of it. Like, if you put a governor uh, on him, yeah. like in WWE, he did all right for a while, but people talk about his, like, like he had this big, long run as a head booker. Um, he was only there for a few years. And I want to say 95 to 99. Well, I think he officially joined, according to Cornette, I think he started joining in with the booking meetings and, like, Late 96, mid 96, somewhere in there. Uh, before that, he was just like, you know, the raw magazine writer. So. Uh, well, the Vince Russo, it's Vic Venom. Yeah, right. Ugh, but anyway, we should probably we'll get into. I will say this. Uh, I, I did like the, the New Blood versus the Millionaires Club. I may be in the majority, a minority on that, but I thought it was a fun concept. It had its. It, it, I mean, it had a good. Uh, like, I don't know. It's like when you, you when you look at a house and you're like, I'm not gonna have to tear the whole thing down. I mean, the bones are good. Just everything else, we're gonna have to rip up and you know start fresh. <laughs> so it's something like that. So yeah, it, it was a good concept. It's just uh, could have been done better. And you got people like Scott Steiner in the New Blood. <laughs> okay. You can but, even say Booker T for that matter too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He he'd been. I mean, yeah, it was a tag team guy, but he was still there since. Like, you know, early 90s. I I don't know. But anyway, we should probably get into Mayhem 2000. We've been delaying it long enough. Let's take a quick time out to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Fanatics. Get all your officially licensed sports gear with Fanatics at Fanatics.com. The link is down in the podcast description. Just let them know that the main event marks and the Unhinged Sports Radio Network sent you. Also, we're sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They're clean energy drinks and focus enhancers. Get great tasting vitamins and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code Main Event Marks. That's all one word for 15% off your order. And we do want to remind you that as the holidays are swiftly approaching, the number of shopping days you have is, uh, well, they're dwindling, but, you know, you can still pick up a few great pieces of merchandise and you can support your favorite retro wrestling podcast by going to maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com forward slash store forward slash main event marks. Our Redbubble store has a variety of items with our logos and Different stuff from the show printed on it, a bunch of artwork made by me uh, that's podcast related. You can go there and get like coasters and bags and uh, clocks and, you know, whatever else, stickers 
on Bonfire, you can get high quality t-shirts, hoodies, long sleeve shirts, baseball shirts, whatever you want with the latest and greatest show art on it. It's got, you know, even holiday themed stuff. You got a Hanukkah shirt. You got a Christmas shirt. You got a Thanksgiving shirt. If you want to get one of those shipped to you quickly, that's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com forward slash store forward slash main event marks. Also, I want to remind you all to follow us on all forms of social media to keep up with the show. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at main event underscore marks. And on Instagram, you can also find us at main event collector that's run by Greg. It features a lot of stuff from the show as well as fig talk. Uh, it's not all wrestling figures, but mostly. You can go check us out there again, Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks. And on Instagram, it's at main event collector on Facebook as well. We're pretty active on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash main event marks pond. We're going to be posting some polls on our Twitter account real soon about stuff that you can vote on that we will cover here on the show. So you can pick the content that you want to hear those, uh, you know, keep an eye out for those. If you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. But now that we're done with all that, we should take our first break. When we come back, there's plenty of news and notes to cover from November of 2000, right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.com redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash teamready. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we are back. And we're back. We're going to take one quick last time out to remind you all to follow us on Twitter at main event underscore marks 
Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector and Facebook is facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. We're going to be posting some polls very soon where you can decide what we are going to cover in the future going into the new year of 2022. So follow us now. Keep your eye out for that. Also, as shopping days uh, for the holidays are coming to a close, you can buy yourself, your friends, or your family something cool and support your favorite retro wrestling podcast all at the same time. Go to our bonfire store at bonfire.com forward slash store forward slash main event marks. And on Redbubble, it's main event marks dot redbubble dot com. Let's get into the news and notes from November of 2000. Wow, roll tide, I guess. Uh, this first story, I forgot that it was Survivor Series 2000 because this, this event stuck in my head, but I couldn't like place the year. I was like, I don't know what Series 2000. Is this uh, Undertaker and Kurt Angle? Uh, yeah. Well, there's some other stuff on the card. The famous pants. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the notes here from Uncle, good old Uncle Dave. WWF Survivor Series 2000 is in the books and ended with a Wiley Coyote finish of Steve Austin dropping a car with Triple H inside of it from a forklift in a spot that was that basically looked like Austin murdered him. Uh, yep. yep, I remember that. And we'll, ang- we'll see him in a couple of weeks unscathed, by the way. <laughs> the angle was done to give Triple H time off to rest his back and hip injuries. Apparently they weren't that bad if he came back in a few weeks. Uh, and here you go. The Kurt Angle Undertaker uh, WWF. That infamous lead-in. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the Kurt Angle Undertaker WWF title match was also, or also had a wacky finish with Angle's brother Eric getting involved and doing a whole twin magic gimmick. Undertaker had also lost his gear before the show and was wearing the Godfather's snakeskin pants. Yeah. Here's, well, uh, can, you know what's funny? I was just thinking about real quick. Um, Three times in Survivor Series, he had to wear something that wasn't either his or something he hated. Do you think about <laughs> it? Because he said he hated that American flag jacket. I remember that one. And he hated wearing this that leather gear and rappelling in the garden in 1986. And oh, now this. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's a Survivor Series. And he also debuted this event. I'm like, wow, there's just something about this event and that man. And just don't yeah. mesh. <laughs> right. <laughs> well... At the time, I don't think it came out until recently that those were the Godfather's pants and, like, all this happened. Yeah. And he's an uh, Undertaker said it himself. That's why I believe it. Right. Well, and if you look at him, it's like, okay, yeah, those are Godfather's pants. Orly now, yes. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> but at the time, this wasn't, like, people didn't know, obviously. So Uncle Dave was like, what the hell is with the Undertaker's new ring gear? That's the ugliest crap I've ever seen. <laughs> like, Yeah. But uh, also at this event, Molly Holly and K-Quick made their pay-per-view debuts. K-Quick was, uh, or is, Ron the, or, well, Ron the Truth Killing slash R-Truth, whatever the hell you want to call it. The greatest 24-7 champion of all time. What is he up to, 100 times now? 57. Oh, well, he, he's closing in, man. But Lita got legit busted open over her eye, her left eye, uh, in her match with Ivory, and it required stitches, and had half of a crimson mask for most of the match. I gotta go back and watch. I don't remember. That was Irie's boots, I believe. Oh, damn. What, yeah. she just like up kick her in the face or something? I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember it was her boot because they have that event on DVD and they have like a behind the scenes thing afterward. She saw, uh, uh, talked to her mom and she says Irie's boot caught her on the eye. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, they did something like the um, because I had uh, rented DVD or VHS or whatever Royal Rumble 2000 now in the archives, and they had a did a behind the scenes thing with Triple H after his match with uh, Cactus Jack, and I was sick. Yeah, when he got back body dropped onto that wood pallet, he sliced open his like the back of his calf, and it had to get uh, uh, stitches. So you know what's funny to me? That whole match was like pretty brutal. And that is yeah. what hurt him the most. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the only thing he needed stitches from. Everything else, he was good to go. It's the little but, stuff, man. Yep, I know. Every time. Uh, WWF profits were down from the same quarter last year. The big reasons were due to the $7 million that WWF had to pay their share of the Owen Hart settlement. Insurance paid the other $11 million. Another $6.5 million in costs associated with the XFL startup expenses. And finally, they lost a bunch of money in expenses related to the WWF New York restaurant in Times Square. However, what helped a bit is the price of everything from TV rights fees and merchandise to live event tickets going up. So they were in the they were they were still in the black. I mean, they were kicking ass at this point. Not even close. But, uh, you know, if you do year over year quarterly projections, they were they were down because of those three big things. But. The XFL was not long for this world, and uh, everything else was just like a one-time. Well, the, the Owen Hart thing was a one-time hit. I can't remember when they closed down WWF New York because it becomes the world at one point. It was definitely after Sorry Series 2002. Okay. Because I remember Saliva performing there. They were playing Jericho the Ring. They were in the world, and Jericho's at the Garden. So ah. I know it closed after that. So I don't know when, though. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I'm not positive, like, off the top of my head or anything. Because um, I, I know they had changed their name to The World to kind of make not make people think, oh, there's a wrestling cafe. But according yeah, to Bruce... They didn't have any wrestling things there at all, so... Yeah, right. Well, according to uh, Bruce Pritchard, it was just, an, which you can kind of guess, it was an astronomical fee, like rent that they paid for that spot in Times Square. So and, and they said the food sucked. <laughs> yeah, it just it wasn't worth it. Okay, so I'm looking at now that it it came around in November of '99 and it closed in April of '03. So it really wasn't four years, less than four years. It closed right. after WrestleMania 19. Yeah. So uh, yeah, because yeah, it was <laughs> open. Uh, wow, I I can't believe it was still open going into '03. But all right. But anyway, uh, that was really off. Well, you you were you were right that it was uh, you know still open no, well I, after. No, I, I was guessing it was only over four or five. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, speaking of WrestleMania, ticket sales for WrestleMania 17 in Houston are now at more than 52,000 sold and still climbing. The first day sales, where they moved almost 49,000, shattered virtually every company ticket sales record there is. I want you to keep that those figures in mind, by the way, for another story in the coming up. And we'll refer back to this one. But that one just wow, man. What's crazy is like I just read a story that Jerry Jones said he gave uh, Vince McMahon the Cowboy Stadium. Both nights were free. Wow. That's, nuts. That's insane. Yeah, really. <laughs> well, the uh, I, I know ticket sales for I think WrestleMania 17 was the highest grossing WrestleMania for a while. I can't remember which one beat it out off the top of my head, but it, it was a big one. A lot of people say it's their favorite. 
It is now in the archives, by the way. We reviewed it this past uh, April leading up to uh, WrestleMania or March, sorry, leading up to WrestleMania. Go check that out. But yeah, it was a it was a good show, and they filled Reliant Stadium. So, Hashtag uh, NWO sold out. Wow, <laughs> it was Reliant Stadium, right? Or or were, no, they were in the, uh, Astrodome. the Astrodome. Yeah, that's right. My bad. I stand corrected. That is correct. <laughs> wow, <laughs> somebody got it in. Uh, getting back to the XFL news here. This one, this I vaguely remember this, but I was. Nine right here, so I, I don't, or no, I'm sorry, it was ten, but it's like, I don't really remember all the stick around it. The XFL made huge news this week by announcing Minnesota Governor Jesse Ventura had been hired as an announcer for the Saturday night NBC games. Uh, once again, it's led to controversy over whether a sitting governor shouldn't, should be getting paid all this money to do these outside gigs and whether he's using his power and celebrity of his office for personal gain. Vince McMahon himself also made waves with an interview in ESPN magazine where he spoke about some of the XFL plans. McMahon said that the cheerleaders may have some uh, announcing duties and that they would be encouraged to date the players. Wow. Uh, a little creepy. And because part of the interview, he was like, well, we'll find out who these who these players are dating on the sidelines so that, you know, if a quarterback drop, you know, uh, throws an interception or whatever, we can get immediate reaction from his girlfriend on the sidelines. Like, what the F? Because that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, right. Yeah, what what does the, the player's girlfriend think? Like, who cares? And, by the way, uh, we know who the wives and girlfriends of a lot of players in the NFL are, and whenever they get interviewed post-game, it usually doesn't go well, and it makes headlines for the wrong reasons. Yeah, especially Patrick Mahomes' mom and uh, wife. Yeah, well, there was that time, like, Giselle went off on, on reporters. Yep. <laughs> like, ah, uh, man. Because, you know, those opinions matter. Oh, well, yeah, of course. I want to know what the international supermodel thinks about how her quarterback husband is doing. <laughs> That's a mouthful, but, yeah, spot on. Right. Uh, I will – the XFL stuff with Jesse Ventura, I mean, you were – you were what, a teenager during this time, right? In 2000. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you remember anything about the stuff? I remember a little bit the controversy. I don't remember the controversy now. I know there was a big thing when he was at uh, SummerSlam the previous year because that was a the thing. They were like, "So are you getting paid for this? And where's the money going?" And again, it was another one where it's like, "So you're working with WWF again, and you're getting paid, obviously. Like, where's all the money going?" As a guy, like as a sitting politician, was frowned upon. We'll say. <laughs> so it's not illegal; it's just frowned upon, like masturbating on an airplane. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. He was Lord. He was Bin Laden, idiot. No. <laughs> Whatever. It's, it's a vastly different person. I, I know, but I got confused because most that was like the the meme for like eight years. It was like. It's raining again. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to get a letter. That's, this one will make you laugh. At the latest NWA Wildside indie show in Georgia, they had a rookie who's a former NFL player named Bob Sapp. Oh, good God. Word is that he has a monster <sighs> look, and he can move quickly, and he has potential. <laughs> get his ass kicked every time he goes in the ring. Yep. Well, yeah, spoiler, he's going to go on. I mean, he will wrestle in Japan, but he's also going to go into, doesn't he fight in Pride? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he fights in Pride. I, I don't. I didn't really follow his record, so I don't know if he was any good or not. Courtney, no, he, he, was, he was not good. Okay. <laughs> he got beat up every time he got in the out in the freaking ring. He was effing huge, though, man. I mean, it's one of them like that's the, the problem. I don't think he could move, despite what they just said. Well, that's true. But he's one of them like, how did Vince McMahon not snatch him up? Because I mean, just freaking look at him, dude. I don't know. Yeah. It, I do. I was always wondering how the same thing when he didn't when he he appeared in the he was in the Longest Yard with Nash and Austin wrestlers Goldberg. Yeah, uh, they didn't see him in that. <laughs> yeah, no, he he gets the great Kali, who's even worse. <laughs> yeah. And at least Bob Sapp, you can understand him when he speaks. And I'm not saying that because of Kali's like accent, whatever. I can understand people with accents. He has like the Andre the Giant effect, where it's like the deep growly. You can't understand what the hell he's saying. Chris Candido collapsed backstage in an indie show a couple of weeks prior to this time. Candido had a seizure and was taken away in an ambulance. Kenny Switch was also reportedly with him. Man, I think this well, was that poor duo was just first. Yeah. Well, people speculate, and I I don't know for sure, but I heard you know from multiple people have said. Uh, Candido had a him and Tammy had a big drug problem back then, and uh, people were speculating. False. Yeah. Look, look at her over the years. Oh well, she clearly did. I'm pretty sure you well, know was... Candido did. Well, yeah, pretty sure Candido did as well. Uh, but people were speculating. They were like that. You know, they were thinking the seizure was brought on by drug use, which I wouldn't doubt it. And they were saying it's like, well, I don't know what it's going to take for them to admit they finally have a problem. And it's like. Shoot, man, I think Chris cleaned himself up before he passed, but, like, Kami's still having issues, man. That's sad. I'm not making light of it. It sucks, but, like, hot damn. Getting into this, it's kind of an evolved story, but there's a lot of questions over the future of Rob Van Dam and ECW. It was initially reported that RVD had quit, but hashtag plans changed, and Uncle Dave had to issue a retraction. Yes. No. He actually, yeah, he actually issued a retraction, and he apologized. How about that? Uh, however... There are big-time money issues between RVD and ECW. Again, no. <laughs> Which is why RVD hasn't been what are you on shows lately. Check bounce? Yeah, well, I'm sure multiple checks bounce. Uh, every wrestler in the company is owed money, at least, uh, at, at the very least, one month's pay, and some are owed a lot more. Plus, no one had received any pay-per-view bonuses in ages. Fortunately for ECW right now, they're in a position where WWF isn't hiring anyone new, and WCW can't afford to hire anyone due to cost-cutting, so much of the ECW roster isn't leaving because they have nowhere else to go. But yeah, RBD, all of the, a lot of those guys were wanted hard by all the other companies. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, I'm sure, New I'm sure, man, I want a roadkill. Oh, well, yeah. Chickens. <laughs> uh, I'm sure Vince McMahon was, you know, falling over himself to... He was like, dang it, we have all these XFL startup expenses. We can't hire the gangsters. Damn it. <laughs> Who of them was going to move a needle? I, I, you just said it, dude. Roadkill. God. I, <laughs> I, I was listening to the um, Major Wrestling Figure podcast last week, and one of the questions the fan asked was, like, if you can pick a wrestler to be in a Super 7 line. You know what Super 7 is, right? Yeah. Yeah, so they don't have... Like, they get people that are not under exclusive contracts, okay? Right. Uh, and Ryan and Myers the, said... Oh, go ahead. Huh? Oh, I was going to say, Myers, they, do, they do the New Japan figures. Sorry. They do, yeah. 
Um, so Brian Myers said, oh, if they were going to make anybody, they need to make Shane Douglas because I feel like that would sell a million figures. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. I get that he's the hardcore ECW fan, but good Lord, man. In what world will that man sell a million figures that are like $45 a pop, mind you? <laughs> um, I'm going to say uh, a couple of things about that. One, hell yes, they should make that and make a Shane Douglas because I would <laughs> I would buy it. Uh, second of all, I know what we just said, but, and, and I'm gonna go back on what I just said with this. It's not gonna sell a million. Like, each, a couple hundred thousand, maybe, as a novelty. Well, the maybe. problem is they're made to order, too. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say, with the, with the switchable heads, what they should do, the cool thing would be if they had one with short hair and one with his ponytail. Yeah, just, was, just remind, just, just pop in my head though when you said that, Mike. Was there anybody in ECW in late 2000? That companies are clamoring for. I mean, uh, yeah. W's and Taz and Lance Storm were all gone. Yeah. I guess RVD would be one, but right, or maybe the one. Uh, and I'm not going to say Dreamer or Credible. I not and Raven had been there, done that. So, well, he was about to go to WWE. Or Raven is in Ra- WWE at this moment. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. Uh, to wrap this up, though, but RVD's situation was serious enough that they didn't mention his name at all during the pay-per-view, and they're not planning any storylines for him right now, so they seem to be under the impression that he's at least not going to be around for a little while. You can tell all this is true, because when he appears that guilty as charged at the way in, um, the entire arena is shocked as hell. Yeah. That was his... They thought he was gone forever, bro. Yeah, that was his next and final appearance. <laughs> At the very last ECW pay-per-view. Uh, it looked like they were building him and Rhino at uh, uh, Living Dangerously. And that never happened. Yeah. Because they promote Living Dangerously during the show. So they did okay. not know that this was it for them. During this, by the way, uh, Uncle Dave had launched into some diatribe about, it's like, well, on one hand, uh, you know, what could help ECW maybe is any Uncle Dave is so full of contradictions. He's like, well, what could help them is if they did an ECW invasion angle in WCW, but Paulie wouldn't do that because he hates WCW. Uh, and I don't know how much it would work anyway because uh, the WCW guys wouldn't put them over, and uh, and and nobody in like WCW's audience wouldn't give a crap. I'm like, so you just contradicted literally. Uh, so everything I just said, but no. Yeah. yeah, it's like so you lay out your opening statement and then you contradict it with everything else you just said. Like for God's sake, dude! Like have a coherent thought. You'd be a hell of a lawyer, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. You no, know, my 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 client was at home when the murder happened. Um, <laughs> now you know he was in the vicinity later. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> or earlier. <laughs> yeah. Like he, my client was home all night, except for the time when the murder happened. He was in that area where it, it did take place. Everything that guy just said is bullshit. <laughs> Holy crap. Had to get in the My Cousin Vinny. Uh, keep it with That's a clap. One. Hell yeah, it is. I've seen it like ten times. Dude, it's got the Karate Kid and the bad guy from Home Alone. How the hell can you go wrong with that? Good lord. And Herman Munster is the judge. Ah, good lord, yeah. man. Batting down the park with all these, man. That's the ultimate uh, endorsement. <laughs> and Marissa Tomei. Like, you you can literally never go wrong with Marissa Tomei. Ever. To this day. Yeah, that's Peter Parker's unusually hot aunt, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, good Lord. Anyway, 
Uh, last ECW thing here. This one's just like, wow, I didn't know this happened. On ECW TV this week, they pretty much dropped the angle of the FBI cutting off Sinister Minister's fingers after the almost universally negative response they got last week for showing the footage of Sinister Minister being legit treated for an injury. Now, was that when he got burned by the book? I believe so, yeah. I, that's the only thing get, I can I think remember, of. I remember hearing something about him legitimately wanting to use a Bible for this, and they shut oh, it down. Good Lord. Like, oh, is that your... Um, so what I'm looking for uh, your line. <laughs> oh well, yeah, that too. I, well, I, I think it's like Paulie's like Raven. You may crucify a man at ringside, sinister minister. You may not burn a Bible. Like, okay, I, now uh, hold on. Now, to be fair, of those two things, I probably if you had to pass one, I'd probably pass the crucifixion thing first. Yeah, I don't think I could burn a Bible. I'm sorry. If yeah. I had to choose one, that would be the one. So. <laughs> Lord, yeah, you just said they might have picked the right one. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I can see that, but it's just like wow. Um, and I've said this before, by the way. I get it. I get it. He's Jewish, okay, and and like none of this really affects him, so to speak. But no. Well, hey, well, hey uh, you know, the first part of the Bible is the Jewish Bible, so I mean, <laughs> he's like, look, more than half of that thing is my book, sir. <laughs> if I may have another volley. Oh, man. Getting off of that, getting into some Hart family drama here. Bret Hart was scheduled to appear on Good Morning America last week, but due to all the hoopla surrounding the presidential election, he was bumped from the show. People don't know anything oh. about that. This was in the middle of the whole hanging chat thing, right? Yes. Which... Yeah, a, that is a little bit more important. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, hey, we're going to have Bret Hart on the show. Uh, never mind. We got to. You know, a contested presidential election going on to talk about. We have American issues here. Exactly. Uh, in related news, Bret Hart's column in this week's Calgary Sun was also polled due to apparently being too controversial. It was probably something to do with the Owen Hart's lawsuit settlement and uh, the Hart family drama. Yeah. Well, on Not that note. Man, dude. Now, now I see why he's so miserable all the time now. I mean, yeah. He lost a lot of his siblings and the remaining ones are all fighting and he, uh, you know, got kicked in the head by Goldberg and had multiple strokes. I mean, that, uh, yeah. And I, look, crap happens. I'm not saying like, oh, screw you, Goldberg. You know, but it, you know, crap happens. But still, it's dumb luck, man. It's, it freaking sucks. But on that same note of the Hart family drama, by the way, this one just wow. Uh, Martha Hart did a lengthy interview on Vicky. Uh, Gabbaro's show in Canada. I, I don't know who that is. Maybe a Canadian will know. He's probably uh, like the uh, name of that woman from 2020 out here. Barb Walters. She's probably like their Barb Walters. Baba Wawa? Yeah. <laughs> well, Martha didn't have much nice to say about the rest of the Hart family, but she did say that Bret Hart is one of her best friends and that during the entire lawsuit, he supported her and all the decisions she made. She said that Owen would have been proud of how Bret handled it, when asked about the rest of the family, she said that there would never be any repairing the relationship. She specifically blamed Diana Hart Smith and Ellie Neidhart. Ellie is uh, Natalia's mom, by the way, uh, for looking out for their own self-interest and for trying to sabotage her case against the WWF. She said that she's still on good terms with several other members of the family, but they would also have contact with Diana and Ellie. 
uh, and it's just an awkward situation, so she tries to avoid it. She also said that Stu and Helen have always been good to her. Among other things, Martha said that she'd never want her children to get into wrestling and says Owen would have never wanted them to either. And to this day, they all hate wrestling. So there's that. Oh, and then yet they're going to take Tony Khan's money, though. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, Whatever. Right. The whole I, – I get it. But I get, her whole thing is she never – I don't think she ever came right out and said, wrestling sucks, I hate wrestling. I think she came out and said, I hate the WWF. So I don't know. Well, what the hell do those pandas do to her? <laughs> the hell? You said that you left. Yeah. Hey, the one lawsuit that uh, Jeremy, Jerry McDivitt could not win for the WWE. How about that? Only because it took place uh, on away turf. He's still undefeated <laughs> yeah. in America. Yeah. Well, uh, the thing the thing with the Hart family, though, I had heard something about that, that, like, she was trusting the Hart family, and Natalia's mom and Diana Hart-Smith were apparently taking information that she was giving and going to the WWF and say and like trying to rat her out basically, so that they could get in good with Vince. Well, you know, I'm just saying both their kids have since been in WWE, so there you go. I'm not yeah, saying well, it's true or false. I don't know. Well, you know, well, you know, Greg, yeah, the the Rhino needed a job. Yeah, he's a big <laughs> bastard. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. That's effed up, though, man. Like, how are you gonna do that to a widow? Like, damn. Like, even if you don't agree with the lawsuit, just stay out of it. Like, be like, nope. Well, no, something she did that we don't know about. Yeah, Oftentimes, yeah, I mean, when true, people but... accuse people of stuff, they conveniently leave out what they did to cause it all. Usually. I even, I, as far as I know, neither one of those women have come out and said anything, like defending themselves or, or you know, denying maybe it or anything else. They don't I, I, don't know. Drama. I was going to say, maybe, I, maybe they feel like they don't have to. They're not really public figures, so who cares? It's not like they're trying to, you know, gin up work or something. Well, again, who's in the news now for taking money from wrestling now? I'm just putting that out. Yeah. I, just I putting say, that out. I think most of that money is going to the Owen Hart Foundation. I, I'm not saying where the money's going. All I'm saying is she's taking money now. Hey, whatever, man. As long that's, as I get, as long as we can get a new Owen Hart figure, that's what, <laughs> you see where my mind is. See, that's my first thought, too. But then I'm like, not to be a Debbie Downer, I'm like, can we find it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we won't be able to. You're gonna have to that's order not, it like ringside that's, exclusive. That's my thing, man. I'm like, I want it, but I, I'm also a realist. I'm never gonna find the damn thing. Yeah, we'll never see it in stores ever. It will never be on a peg. So at this point, I actually hope it's a ringside exclusive. That way, you're guaranteed to get one. Yeah, that's true. Uh, getting into the WCW stuff here. WCW ran a pay per view in Germany called Millennium Final. I've heard of this. Uh, a lot of people were. Didn't missing. they have like an E at the end of final? No, no, that was not it was, no. Uh, but a lot of people missed the first hour of the show due to pay per view technical problems. Go figure. Now hold also, on, WCWs or cable providers? There is a difference. Yeah, I think it's place to blame where it lies here. I mean, I know. Right. I know it's easy to laugh at the because they've screwed up so much, but. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I mean, but they were it probably was them. I don't know why I'm trying to defend it. I'm just saying facts. Well, it's kind of like Jim Cornette talking about when every, he he said, you know, everybody's running around uh, Ring of Honor like, we're going to be on Internet pay-per-view. And he's like, and? It's like, no, first of all, nobody's going to watch it. Second of all, we don't have the equipment for this stuff. And he was right, by the way. If you watch the first couple of uh, Internet pay-per-views they did, so many technical issues. They got knocked off the air I don't know how many times. 
it was a cluster F. My defense of that man has always been, I don't care what you think. You can disagree with him all day. At the very end of the day, everything he says has come from somebody that's at least been in the business. I'm not saying I like everything he says. I'm just saying at least it's coming from a place of knowledge, not some douchebag in the mom's basement on a computer. Or in a very super messy office in San Jose. There's that. (laughs) Anyway, that's that's not a specific Don't don't have to like him, but just like at least, uh, you know, he's got knowledge. Right. Uh, but back to this, uh, they were also broadcasting two separate feeds, one showing the main show and another feed showing the backstage area and featuring a lot of interviews. Uh, that sounds boring. They did a Royal Rumble style battle royal with a new guy entering every 45 seconds, which was won by Mike Awesome, of all people. Uh, Alex Wright and General Rection won the tag team titles. It was supposed to be Disco Inferno, uh, but instead, he got injured and Rection took his spot. German boxer Axel. Hey, sorry, were they were they looking to reform the Boogie Nights here? Yeah, I mean they're I together on this. the show we're about to talk about, but yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so, so I watched this show like uh, two weeks ago, ah, so I've okay. already forgotten it. I do have notes right here, but good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure: When I get the lists that we're watching, I tried to knock them all out early in the month, so. When you watch a bunch of shows, they overlap. Right. Also, I keep thinking about Back to Berlin in 2000. That's why I missed that. Right. Well, German boxer Axel Schultz uh, refereed the Sting versus Kevin Nash main event. And at one point, when Nash was in the Scorpion Deathlock, he tried to make a three count before realizing it was a submission hold and that Nash was face down on the mat. Wow. Wow. That's almost uh, Slick Johnson bad. Yeah, at least Slick Johnson knows when to count the pin. Well, I, well wait. that's the thing. Do you remember that? There's like a famous clip on YouTube. It was happening on Nitro. Nash was powerbombing guys left and right, and okay. Slick was just counting down with three. Nash not even, yep. not even putting a foot on him or anything. Yeah, big, big boots, too. It's, I mean, big, <laughs> a guy would come in the ring, big boot, and he'd go down and count the three. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, it's like, do you remember at the beginning of Whose Line Is In Any Way, where they're like, uh, where the points don't matter and whatever? That's, I was WCW. It's like, welcome to the World Championship Wrestling, where uh, matches don't matter and the pinfalls mean nothing. <laughs> I like how it's called World Championship, and then that title meant nothing, too. It was, <laughs> was kind of hitting with them the whole time. Wow. Uh, Sting is dealing with an elbow injury and will miss all of December, which is why he's not on the show. Uh, I'm sure he was crying about that one. Uh, pretty sure he doesn't come back until the end. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's on the very last Nitro. I don't know what he did before that. I don't think he did anything. I think he just reappeared. I remember that. He was like, oh, he's back. Just in time for this this joint to get shut down. But uh, this is probably one of the funnier stories we got here. It's a long one, but try to keep up. Vampiro did an interview on Insane Clown Posse's website claiming that he's leaving WCW due in part to concussions that he suffered at Halloween Havoc and Nitro the next night. There's skepticism within WCW over the, the legitimacy of his injuries. Vampiro just had a new baby, and a lot of people believe that he's faking the concussion symptoms so that he can stay home with his child, despite the fact that the WCW doctors did diagnose him with concussions as legit. Uh, it's not just Vampiro, though. There's people in WCW who are doubtful of Bret Hart's concussions as well. That just seemed to be a thing in WCW, people doubting injuries. Well, that, tells me, they're, they're, that tells me there may have been a lot of fakes in the past. <laughs> I, I think Bischoff himself admitted he was like, yeah, there was a lot of abuse of that system. So 
I I get it. I think that was one thing he tried to curb, but he could only do so much. Uh, but anyway, uh, on the ICP hotline, yes, that was a thing. Uh, Vampiro talked about uh, having permanent speech impairment, a possible broken neck, and brain damage. He was adamant about never going back to WCW and ripped on the company, as well as Terry Taylor and Vince Russo. He said that the only wrestling that he's going to be doing from now on is in ICP's JCW promotion, and that he also plans to go on tour with ICP and play bass. <laughs> man, that guy's got lofty goals, man. Play, play my damn music. I will say this. he Apparently, he tried to put out a rap album, but he had lost so much hearing that he couldn't hear the music through the headphones very well, and he just gave up halfway through recording. So, you know, because we were all, we were waiting for I I feel like it's a metaphor for all of us listening to that. Yeah, right. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we were all waiting with bated breath for the Vampiro rap album, man. Uh, This is one of those news to me things. Yeah. I could have gone my whole life without you telling me this, but this is what I signed up for, so okay. (laughs) Yep, you learn things on this show, man. (laughs) Uh, this this laundry list of injuries, and I'm not doubting he had a lot of injuries, but he's well, been he's locked. A wrestler, so yeah, every every wrestler has talked about. It's like, dude, any wrestler in the world that's been in wrestling for more than like a couple of years to walk into a doctor and get diagnosed with like five thousand things and get pills in a heartbeat. Like, I believe oh, it. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, and the the laundry list of injuries for Vampiro has been a point of contention for just like he's been mocked about this by Conan and other people for years. You remember he had like a video a couple of years ago that came out where he's just running down. He's like, this is broken and this is replaced and this is fake and I'm half dead and this just like everything. I do. Conan just like mocked him mercilessly on his podcast. As he should have. Right. He must owe him some money. Yeah, uh, they, they've, like, I guess they're friends now, but they hated each other for years in Mexico, it, because it stemmed from, like, who was the bigger draw in Mexico. And yes, both of them were huge draws in Mexico, if anybody doesn't know. Here's uh, here's a final story to wrap things up. Remember that story I told you before about, you know, like, 52,000 tickets sold already for uh, WrestleMania? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, keep that in mind. Tickets for Starcade went on sale last week, and the first day sales were disastrous. They only sold 926 tickets for a temple events for a building that holds around 20,000 people for basketball. In the end, the show only drew 3,465 fans. Wow! That's like the dying days of Bill Watts territory, where he would, you know, he would get the Superdome. And I think they only sold like a thousand seats. And we've been in the Superdome. We know that thing holds about 60. Right. Uh, Bruce Richard pointed this out because he covered the Bill Watts territory recently on his podcast. He was talking about uh, a big bragging point for Michael Hayes. He's like, hey, I sold out Superdome. What the F did you do? And he's like, well, that show drew 20,000. He's like, so, I mean, it was a sellout for what they set it up for, but they didn't sell it out. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, hey, whatever, you know, respect. 20,000 seats, 20,000 seats. But that is not a sellout of the Superdome. Sorry. <sighs> anyway, but that does it for the news and notes. You ready? Well, I know the answer is no. <laughs> Are you ready to get into this? 
I don't drink, but I feel like I need to for this. But yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I got alcohol in the fridge. So here we go. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's Mayhem 2000. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. This message is brought to you by belly up sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, AKA Shaggy Von Doom, the host of here in Puckburg on the belly up sports podcast network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game, and where that leads you in this this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team, otherwise known as the Main Event Marks, the one and only Greg, Superfly Greg. He was on, and he was talking about his love of the game. So you might want to come over and check that episode out. If you like what you hear, you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from PHF, athletes, ESPN personalities, fathers of NHL players, and a whole lot more. Come by, follow the show, give a like, give a subscribe, and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're looking for your next new truck, trust Rush Truck Centers, the nation's largest commercial vehicle dealer network. Rush Truck Centers has trucks in stock throughout the country, including heavy, medium, and light-duty work vehicles. Plus, they offer a wide range of programs that help coordinate, monitor, and expedite vehicle service and repairs throughout their qualified service facilities. Check out their online inventory today at RushTruckCenters.com. That's RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Please speak to your Rush Truck Centers representative for further details. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we're back. And we're back. It is WCW Mayhem 2000 from November 26th of 2000. The tagline, the genetic freak of sports entertainment unleashed. Sure. The venue was the U.S. (laughs) I know. The venue is the U.S. Cellular Arena in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, with an attendance of 3,800 people. Okay. First, I'll go. Uh, no, you go, go ahead. Uh, just what, what the hell is U.S. Cellular? I feel like I've heard that before. Uh, I don't know. Uh, okay, so I asked what U.S. Cellular is, and I guess it's still a thing. I've really? literally never heard of it. Huh. Uh, is it like a like an AT&T type, you know, one of them? Yeah, it's got a pretty big coverage map. I mean, it looks like... Northern Idaho, some of Montana and Washington are not, it doesn't work there, but that's about it. Weird. Hmm. Yeah, I never see commercials for it, so I don't know. But uh, the pay-per-view buy rate for this was 0.12, amounting to 55,000 buys. 
So I don't think I watched this live. Can't remember. Yeah. This this is like TNA like at its worst did better than this. This is disastrous, man. And this is supposed to be the number two company in the entire world. It is not. Okay. New Japan is doing better than this at this point. Anyway. Well, you know, hindsight, always twenty twenty. Yeah. It's, what, four months away from dying? Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, there's that. <laughs> somebody that actually sucks. brought up there. Somebody actually went off on people on Twitter, say, I guess some people had said, oh, I wish WCW would have won the Monday Night Wars. And they were like, really? You wanted WCW to win so we could still in 2021 be watching Kevin Nash powerbomb small guys and win the title for the 10th time? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, okay. I see his point. Uh, but we start the show with Booker T walking into the building and getting mobbed by fans wanting autographs. We then see Scott Steiner walking into the building with Medasia and a giant lead pipe. Then he destroys the laptops of two guys sitting at a table in the hallway. That was weird. But after the show opened, we get a clip from before the show where spiky-haired Ric Flair came out in a suit and told the crowd that he promises them a great show full of title matches. Uh, you lying SOB. I know, right? Uh, there's another my, huge lie coming up. My first note on that, too, is lying SOB. I also put in there, I'm like, look, I love Booker T, but I don't ever remember anybody clamoring for him like that. Sorry. Yeah, just, right. And again, it's not a knock. I, I love the guy. He's one of my favorites, but no. I know. Yeah. <laughs> he was not that big at this time. No. Uh, now, maybe. Now, I've been, at, I've been at an APW show where the line to meet him was like, I mean, I know it's obviously a small auditorium, but it was, like, huge. And oh, there was, like, yeah. 100 people in that line, it seemed. It's like, so, I could buy it now. Not in oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yep. Yeah, did Ric Flair just become the new CEO, like, right before this? Because this just seemed random. He was the president at the beginning of the year. Well, now uh, he's the CEO, apparently. Yeah, I think that was recently, yeah. Okay, because that just seems super random. I'm like, Cause, why is Ric know, Flair coming out here doing raw, raw stuff? You can always be a CEO of a uh, WCW. All you gotta do is win a match. Oh yeah, they put they put that job titles on the line or, so much. That and commissioner were passed around like candy, dude. <clears throat> oh my gosh, I know. Speaking of what you just said about the commissioner, our first match here for the WCW Cruiserweight title is above average Mike Sanders, who is the uh, the commissioner <laughs> at this time. He's, <laughs> that name. I know, right? It's like, he's not great. Above average, but he is who defending. Proudly, who proudly admits that? Hey, he's above average. All right, so that's above a C. So he's like a, a B. Uh, he's defending he's a the cruiserweight title against Kiwi with Paisley in his corner. Paisley is uh, the future Charmel, uh, Booker T's wife. But this went Charmel. Uh, yeah, this one went ten seconds shy of eight minutes. Before the match, Mike Sanders has a mic and tells Kiwi that he doesn't even know him anymore. He insults him, and he slaps him before Kiwi jumps him. The natural-born thrillers end up coming out and interfering. Mang then comes out to beat up the thrillers. And then Ric Flair comes out to tell everyone to leave ringside. So, first match of the night, we just got bullcrap all over the place. And it Damn, continues. the Kiwi. And it continues because Paisley ends up hitting Mike Sanders multiple times in front of the ref. Not a damn thing is done about it. Not even trying to hide it. Sanders ends up hitting the 3.0, 
which is Randy Orton's backbreaker over the back for the win. Uh, Uncle Dave and I both gave this dose stars. What's a I gave it two. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. No, but I mean, not to spoil anything. I don't think I, I, I can't, I'm not going through all my star ratings right now, but I don't think I rated anything above two stars on this whole damn show. But you know what's we'll funny though? We uh, recently, this DC or now in the archives, there was a Quibu match. I believe we gave four stars to. Was that uh, Reed? Uh, Reed, I believe. Yeah. Yep. So, so yeah, no. that man's like a, a hidden gem. Yeah. Well, him and uh, who? What the hell was he called? Jet something? Jet? Jason Jet? Yeah, Jason Jet. Uh, okay. Easy money. Uh, yeah. Now he's uh, still. I believe he's still impact. Really? Yeah. Think wow, so. I did not know that. Or at least making appearances. Somebody's in it. I don't know. Good Lord. Yeah, well, the two guys you would not expect a damn thing from, and they opened the show off hot for greed. But, Why not? They know they're going under. I'm not trying to be funny either. It's like maybe they knew this is it. It's like, go on a bang. Look good to Vince. Yeah, and turn around and be like, follow that. <laughs> but uh, Eugene Oakland is backstage with WCW's new CEO, Ric Flair, who says that in WCW, winning and losing matters. <laughs> doesn't work now with AEW and it's not going to work then okay yeah no one ever believes that in any nope. show uh but because of that for the rest of the night uh, the only people allowed at the ring are valets and managers and there will be no interference from wrestlers sure we now go are you, to say, a- are, you are you in, are you saying you don't believe it off all that Oh, well, no, they always, you know, there, there was hardly any interference ever in WCW, okay? It hardly ever happened. It was a rarity. You and your sarcasm. <laughs> we now go to a different backstage area to see Disco with a Q and Alex Wright. Hell talk- yes. They're talking to Chronic. Disco is asking Chronic to sub in for him as Alex Wright's tag partners, you know, because you can do that, and make their upcoming tag match a handicap match. Uh, Disco All hands, coming back to me. Disco hands them an envelope full of cash, which they say isn't enough. So Alex hands them an envelope full of cash, and they say that's about half of their usual rate. So they're only paid for seven minutes and 30 seconds, as opposed to a full 15-minute match. That's enough for me. <laughs> wow. That's, what are you going to do with the other five? <laughs> anyway. uh, sit there and wallow about how I can do better the next time. Let's move on, please. Good Lord. We now go back to me and Gene Okerlund standing by with Jamie Noble and Evan Courageous. Courageous says that Three Count is jealous of him. He then starts talking like he's a cast member from Malibu's Most Wanted. Uh, <laughs> people don't know what that is. Don't your Google machine. Uh, it was Jamie, Jamie Kennedy, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> Good Lord. What the hell happened to him? He made this movie. You're <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Jamie. Jamie and Evan realize that they're both from North Carolina, and they get friendly until Jamie realizes that Evan slept with his sister in high school and then cheated on her multiple times. Evan tells him to forget the... It's amazing how it just comes out right in the middle of this promo. Yeah, right? Mm, You know. Irony. Not like it was planned. But Evan tells him to forget the past and move on because they're tag partners tonight. As they walk away, Mean Gene says, it could be worse coming from North Carolina. They could be related. Like, holy crap. (laughs) <laughs> mean gene had no I didn't anything i disagreed with sorry nope uh it's at this point that i'm beyond tired of the stupid backstage stuff as we switch to crowbar dressed like a pimp walking backstage with two women on his arms 
He mentions that he's the hardcore <sighs> champion, like that's some kind of flex. Uh, and he's got a match to get ready for as he walks into the locker room singing Staying Alive. Crowbar sees that he's been left flowers and a card that says, good luck, I'll be watching. I, I didn't give a crap who this was from. It's just like, I, who possibly could? So I'm going to tell you a note I wrote, and I'm, I now want to erase it because I realize how disrespectful it is. Like, this guy looked like a white huggy bear. <laughs> like, like, huggy bear was cool, though, so I'm going to take that <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I was going to put in Huggy Bear, too, and yeah, like, uh, nah. No, oh, Huggy looks, Bear was, he was so cool that Snoop Dogg played him in the movie. So it's like, I'm not going to compare that to this idiot. Right, yeah. But up next week, he still wrestles as Devin Stone this day, by the way. Yep. <laughs> yes, he does. I see him on uh, social media here and there. So that's next... good, too, to be fair. Oh, yeah, he doesn't look bad. But up next, we got a tag team three-way dance between three count of Shane Helms and Shannon Moore. Uh, versus the Jung Dragons of Kaz Hayashi and Yang with Leah Miao, or Leah Miao in their corner. And they're taking on the team of Jamie Noble and Evan Courageous. This went just shy of 11 minutes. Before the match, Shane Helms grabs a mic to tell the small, <laughs> to, to make a small penis joke about Evan. And then three count dances to their music before being cut off by the Jung Dragons. This one gets jump started in the aisle. This was quite the definition of flippy crap. Uh, Leia Meow. Yes. Leia Meow, uh, and a ladder get involved in this one at various times. Three count wins with Helms hitting a swinging neckbreaker on Yang, uh, who Moore has up in a fireman's carry. WCW just abused the hell out of these matches in this era because it was actually fairly entertaining. So I guess I can't fully blame them. Uncle Dave gave it three and a half stars. I, I take back what I said earlier. I gave it three stars. What say you? I gave it two. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, too much. Not enough wrestling for me. Uh, I, but I will say they have a ladder match coming up the next month that's freaking amazing. And uh, they have a rematch at Greed, I believe. So go check that out now in the archives. Uh, they do have a ladder match at Greed. I don't know. Uh, it, it, it was good, actually. It was one of the better matches on the card. So a bright a bright light on that card. It was no Queeby match, and I don't say that sarcastically. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> well, we now rush to the back where Bam Bam Bigelow had attacked Mike Awesome, putting him through a table, and was hitting him with a chair. Sergeant AWOL now runs up, beating on Bigelow, and chases him off. We flip to an interview, the interview area, where Pamela Paulshock, not dressed for this occasion, was standing by with Disco, Alex Wright, and Chronic. Right and Disco get in the obligatory shots about Paul Shock being dumb and a gold digger. They are driving home that Chronic is only paid for seven and a half minutes before they walk tonight. So they're telegraphing something. <sighs> now we go to me and Gene Okerlund interviewing Jimmy Well, Carson. real quick, how, how roll time is she? <laughs> Every night, man. But me and Gene Okerlund is now interviewing Jimmy Hart, whose right leg is in a cast and he's on crutches. <sighs> God, I forgot about this too. Hart said, "I didn't." <laughs> Hart said, "I did not say that Milwaukee, Wisconsin, is where men are men and the women are too." <laughs> Here's the thing: I don't. I, I pull up the note from the match as we're getting ready to talk about it. Uh, so when you say this, I'm like, "Oh, good lord!" And then I look at my notes of this match. Like, yep. Oh my god. Well, Mean Gene says maybe, that. Sorry, maybe I should start watching these a little closer to recording date. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, be, more, be more ready <laughs> for this 
Well, Mean King says that Jimmy Hart's cast is about as real as major guns. <laughs> wow. Yep. Uh, a that stage was hand. sad. I mean. <laughs> yep. Uh, a stage didn't hand she, and uh, didn't, she, didn't she get in, like, porn or something after this? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, on, on her website, you can buy one of those fake vaginas that uh, is, like, her brand, I guess. So it's made in her so, mold. So <laughs> all these jokes, tasteless and classless as they are, were not. Uh, uh, what's, Inaccurate? What's, 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 yeah, let's say, yeah, let's say, not not on the money, the opposite of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah dead on bulls accurate. Uh, to make another uh, my cousin Vinny reference. Anyway, Stagehand runs up and uh, rushes Jimmy off. <sighs> We've got to have like twenty minutes of backstage BS between every match, I guess, because this is just a long nitro. First thing I'm thinking is, are they setting up a cage or something? What's going on? Yeah, I know, right. Uh, but we go back to the office of Mike Sanders, where the natural-born thrillers are throwing a fit because they can't interfere in matches tonight. Reno assures them all that he's got it under control. Well, yeah, I mean, if one guy's got it under control, it's Reno. Well, you know, that's the guy Cody stole his finishing move from. Yeah, oh remember my that. gosh. Shut up. Hey, Test stole the finish first, okay? That's fair. What did he call it, though? I mean, the Test Drive. To be honest, I always thought Roll the Dice was pretty cool. His name is Reno. And- yeah, yeah. Well, Tess called it the Test Drive. So, okay. I, yeah. That makes sense, too. Yep. Oh, yeah, you know, that also, Crossroads makes sense, too. I'm not knocking that. I'm simply oh. saying he stole it. Oh, yeah. But Man Cow, who is a discount Howard Stern, comes to the ring with his discount whack pack, which he called the Morning Madhouse Crew. He's wearing a leather trench coat and a T-shirt that says, boy bands suck. Quite the hot take. Oh, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with him on this. <laughs> Before the match, Man Cow says that he's interviewing Goldberg tonight. Uh, on radio? I, I, okay. Anyway. Uh, I remember, and, uh, dude, at one point in, in his life, uh, he was highly sought after. Like, not sought after. Like, people went to him for interviews because yeah, he meant something. I mean, like yeah. him or not. Yeah, he's uh he was over. Get out of the box. Chicago rules. But he called Mark Madden a fat son of a bitch and a fat tub of shit. That was cool. Uh, I mean, Jim- I, don't, I don't like Mark Madden, but <laughs> okay. Jimmy Hart then hobbles to the ring on crutches and says to give him two weeks and he'll be ready to face Man Cow. Man Cow says, "You're like Al Gore. You don't know when to say goodbye." I'm George W. Bush, and I've already kicked your ass, you pathetic little son of a bitch. Good lord. <laughs> Man, talk about, like, like that's so 2000. He then says yeah. that he may kick Jimmy, quote, in his hanging chad. Good grief. Again, timely. But this I, one... I, I, I did think that for the for the era, I think for the time... Wise. It was kind of oh. clever, I guess, but yeah, it was timely, but yeah. But this match is man, quote unquote, match is man cow with his morning madhouse crew versus Jimmy Hart in about a minute and a half. Members of the discount whack pack attack Jimmy Hart. Three count of all people. Hey, come man, Al Roper up. Jr., man, that's the dude right there. Good Lord. <laughs> and then Jimmy low blows man cow. It was during this time where I learned that one of the morning madhouse crew members is named Turd. <laughs> yeah. Good God, man! My favorite takes... was my favorite was Jim Jesus. For uh, sake, I don't. 
I don't know what to say. No. I mean, the turd probably is. Wow. Not a real name. There's no way. Man Cow takes Hart out with a crutch, rips his fake cast off, clarifies him with a cast, and then pins him. Uncle Dave gave it a dud. I gave it negative two stars. This is so dumb. Let's say you. I didn't even give it a rating. It's more like a horrible segment with a pin. Yeah, basically. Well, you got to get turd on the show, man. Dude, Al Roker Jr. didn't even tell me what was happening in my neck of the woods. I was pissed. <laughs> right. Uh, did he did he poop himself? No, dude. Oh, Obama no. was just, I think Obama was just still a mayor or something at this time. God dang it, he was a senator, pal. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> ah, He's Lord. not ready to shard over just yet. Good yeah, Lord. we're about eight years away. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just effed up, dude. <laughs> Well, he didn't shart while meeting the Pope, so there's that. <laughs> well, maybe he's like Catholic, okay? Yeah, right. Hey, I don't shart when meeting politicians, only religious figures. <laughs> <sighs> All right, anyway, back to this, I guess. Mike Awesome is in I a was neck brace. I'm trying to get away from this, but if you want to keep going back. Well, backstage, Mike Awesome is in a neck brace on a gurney with EMTs around him. Crowbar leans over him and tries to wake him up. I don't know why. We now flip to MIA's locker room where they're discussing what they're going to do if they can't all be at ringside together. Uh, And this is when, by the way, uh, General Rection walks in and hands them all brand new T-shirts fresh off the press. So, yeah, got to get that. General E-Rection. Yeah. Got to, you know, you got to get that fresh, hot new MIA merch, man. But Ric Flair then walks in and tells Sergeant AWOL to come with him. For a split second, we see Bam Bam Bigelow and Lance Storm talking with each other while socially distancing. So, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know why they were talking. Like, that doesn't have a payoff, by the way, not to spoil anything. Well, oh, wait. I, yeah, okay, yeah, it does. Never mind. See, I hated this show so bad, I forgot the payoff. Well, I said, too. I'm looking at these notes now because I've already opened Pandora's box. Like, oh, good Lord, this is coming. <laughs> we now go back to Pamela Paulshock standing by with Billy Kidman, Rey Mysterio Jr., and Tigress. Uh, Mysterio says that Disco's plan is going to fail, and Kidman and Disco hired – or said that uh, Disco hired Chronic because he's not man enough to face him tonight. Mark Madden says the line, if Disco's involved tonight, it's a mentally handicapped match. <laughs> <sighs> Holy God, man. Uh, uh, oh, man. I guess we got to get into this one. It's, uh, this next one is called. Yeah. Three. I'm just going to say, it's not as bad as you would think, actually, but let's go ahead. Yeah. Well, this one's called, it's a, it's a three way dance or triple threat, whatever, but it's called Three the Hard Way. So yeah, that's what that? they call their hardcore matches. And I, I actually give them credit for that. I think that's kind of clever. So. It's, uh, that's yeah, something. And it's Crowbar defending the hardcore title. When you suck this bad, when you get something like that, you have to give you get a little credit, victories. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> it's, well, it's like the it's like the little kid at school that didn't crap his pants one day of the week. It's like way to go, little Johnny. You got it in the toilet. That's uh, like a plethora of things you could have said, and that's what you picked. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> when I think of WCW 2000, my mind instantly goes to crap. Okay. All right. All right. You're redeeming yourself. Okay. Okay. I got. You. I got you. But it's Crowbar defending the hardcore title against Big Vito and Reno in, in uh, just shy of eight minutes. Crowbar 
Here's another stupid ref. Crowbar hasn't even made his entrance yet when the ref rings the damn bell because apparently everyone in WCW is completely stupid. Crowbar then runs down and joins in because he's an idiot and he won't just wait for them to beat each other up and then rush in and get the pin. They all then brawl to the back where Reno's wife, I guess, which is Vito's sister, Marie, stops Mm -hmm. him from hitting Vito. Okay, I'm glad I got that one right, you know, because that was a big deal. (laughs) It was very soon, too, by the way. (laughs) It was central to the storyline, but it was just stupid. Anyway, uh, Crowbar then blasts Reno in the face with a chair and pins him to retain the hardcore title. Uncle Dave and I both gave this Uno star. It sucked. What say you? I gave it two. I was a little entertained by it. I pointed out, did you notice that every weapon Vito used had the Italian flag on it? I did not notice that. Wow, that's hilarious. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, there was nothing wrong ever with being proud of your heritage, but good Lord, man, this dude is, like, super proud. I'm like, I wonder where where his family comes from. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I just, I loved it. It's like when he hit the the Italian flag-colored traffic cone. Like, what the hell? That's awesome. Because, you know, if you're going to Italy, you always have their flag in the traffic cones. (laughs) Well, what's next? You're going to tell me that, you know, his dad, you know, every time he had bad manners at the table, his dad would go, what's the matter, you? And smack him upside the head. It might have got rest of soul be ashamed how stupid her son is. <laughs> right. <sighs> Man. Anyway, uh, Buff Bagwell walks through the backstage area and asks some random ass people where the back, where the equipment truck is. And then he says he's got a great idea. And then he laughs maniacally and walks away. Uh, okay. He's the stuff. <sighs> so this doesn't have much of a payoff, but we'll get into it. We see Kevin Nash and DDP talking about random stuff in their locker room, and they get a huge pop from the crowd. Biggest one of the night. And they're not even, like, you can't even understand what the hell they're saying. It's so muffled. I don't know. Kevin Nash is literally sitting on a couch reading a magazine, and DDP is taping his wrists up. You notice, by the way, they look miserable as hell. Which one? Both of them, but... <laughs> right. That just reminds me of, like, Kevin Nash talking about going to the gym with, like, that just the weirdest freaking crew of all time back in the day. There was like him, Iron Sheik, Sid, and uh, I think Sid, and uh, Dutch Mantel. And he's like, uh, Iron Sheik would just like pump out a couple reps and be, and be done. And him and Sid were the workout monsters. And then you got like Dutch Mantel, who'd literally be sitting off in the corner of the gym reading a, a newspaper. Of course. <laughs> <sighs> but now we go back to Mean Gene Oakland standing by. Oh, with- man. The line of the night's coming up. Yep. He says, <laughs> or he's standing by with Ernest the Cat Miller and Ms. Jones. Mean Gene gets super pervy, telling Miss Jones that she looks tasty. That's creepy as hell. The cat tells him off and says that, uh, or then says that he doesn't care about the franchise. By the way, did he completely drop Shane Douglas? Yeah, at some point he did, yeah. Okay, because they won't call, they just keep calling him the franchise. I was like, what did I miss? But he says that nobody can beat him, and if he loses to the franchise, he'll kiss his feet and leave the country for 30 days. Well, that's a weird threat, but okay. Uh, as they're leaving, Mean Gene says, Miss Jones, I could rock your world, sweetheart. What the F? You didn't hear the next part? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. What did... <laughs> he told her. <laughs> he, told... he said he could rock her world and she needs some vitamin gene. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, for God's sake, I missed that. <laughs> Holy probably, hell. Probably the greatest thing to have on this entire show. That's great. <laughs> I think uh, I rewound it listening to it twice. <laughs> like, did he really just say that? I can't uh, remember what show from around this era we recently reviewed where me and Gene says something about uh, he's he's harder than a javelin or something like that. I'm like, what more? <laughs> He must have already had the money in the bank at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, during the Filthy Animals entrance, Tony Giovanni drops his soon-to-be infamous line that's on his podcast, and now is a T-shirt of it, where uh, the commentary is going back and forth, and he tells somebody, he's like, you a lie. That's my favorite line of his podcast. Like, Conrad will be going off on something. He's like, well, you know what? You a lie. Uh, but anyway, I'm like, man, Tony just, like, the governor came off at this time, man. He just didn't give a crap. He was like, eh, whatever. We're going under. I can say whatever the hell I want. Are they going to replace me with, uh, I can't even think of his name now, Scott Hudson? They would. Yeah. Well, now we go to the filthy animals of Billy Kidman and Ray Mysterio Jr. They have Tigress in their corner. They're taking on the three-man team of Alex Wright and Chronic, Brian Adams and Brian Clark. This one went for 7 minutes, 46 seconds. In a three-on-two handicap match, I just realized Chronic's theme sounds like the drum solo from Dragula by Rob Zombie. Oh, well, it was. They ripped off a lot of things back then. Yeah. But now that I said that, go people go back and listen to it. That's what it sounds like. But anyway, uh, Conan was supposed to work this match, apparently, but his mother had a stroke the day before, so he missed it. Look, uh, even if his, like, I hope his mom was okay, obviously, but it's like, even if there wasn't an injury, I would have missed this show if I was Conan. <laughs> Why the hell? Uh, I, I got to skip it, man. My horse is sick. <laughs> right. Uh, whenever Chronic is in the ring, they're dominant. Uh, but when Alex Wright is in the ring, the time runs out and Chronic leaves. They literally have a stopwatch with them, by the way, counting down. Uh, it makes the match two on one then. In the end, Kidman hits a BK bomb on Wright, and they do the what's up. But instead of Ray doing the headbutt, he does a leg drop. And Kidman pins Alex for the win. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter. I gave it a star and a half. Let's say you. This is brutal, man. I give it one. But... Yeah, it sucked. I don't know the last time I gave a star to a Mysterio Kidman match. Yeah, right. Uh, and you notice commentaries is like touching themselves to Chronic throughout this whole match. They're yeah, like, they oh, were the big baddies at the moment, though, too. So. Yeah, they're like, they're big and dominant and strong. It's like. You know, Vince McMahon in your headset, like, God dang it, they're beefy. They're beefy. Big meaty men smacking meat. The hell? <laughs> Apparently that's something that the New Day... I, I know, like. but you said it. <laughs> I'm just imagining it in Vince McMahon's voice. Like, big meaty men smacking meat. Like, <laughs> that would be the best. <sighs> but we go to the back now where the natural-born thrillers are standing around reassuring themselves about how well they'll do tonight. You know, because we've got to take time out of the pay-per-view. For this, we then switch well, to... Mean Gene... Wow. We then switch to Mean Gene Okerlund standing by with Scott Steiner and Medasia. Scott says that at Halloween Havoc, if security hadn't stopped him, Booker T would be dead. Wow. So he's... That's a real uh, sentence. He's admitting to attempted murder on the live pay-per-view. That's cool. But he says that... Oh, it's not like anyone's going to see this report it. <laughs> uh, Touche. But he says that some people say that he's out of his mind, but when he's out of his mind, he's at his best. Uh, sure. False. Because you're out of your mind all the time. 
But up next, we have this. It's the franchise Shane Douglas with Tori Wilson in his corner, or I guess just the fa- the franchise now, taking on Ernest the Cat Miller with Miss Jones. This one went eight minutes. Before uh, the match. Did you ever confirm if she got her body in Jean? Good lord. Or is she just Maybe going after the match. In this? Oh, okay. She gets with me and Jean. Tigers gets with Tony Schiavone. You know, it's the whole thing. No, that was my lunch. <laughs> what the hell? Before the match, Douglas has to cut a promo where he doesn't really say anything of any importance. I didn't take a single note on it. But when the cat comes out, he tells Douglas that he's going to kick his ass tonight. Cool. Douglas ends up grabbing Miss Jones by the hair and getting slapped before the match. Mark Madden gets hit by both men at one point as well. Not hard enough. Yeah. Uh, both women keep interfering, and they eventually get into a cat fight in the ring, which Mark Madden clearly rips off Joey Styles because he starts yelling, cat fight, cat fight. Like, it wasn't cool when Styles did it. It's not cool when he does it. <laughs> no, it's even less cool when he does it. He's from <laughs> Pittsburgh. All right, anyway. Uh, Shane Douglas ends up punching Miller with brass knuckles, but that's not the end. Why would it be? Cat gets his foot on the rope. In the end, Cat puts on a red shoe and kicks Douglas in the face and wins. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter. I give it a star. Whole thing sucked. What say you? <laughs> I give it one. Debate Blue chunks. Zero, but... I can't believe these two sucked it up so bad. I can't believe you can't believe. It's WCW. Honey. Yeah, but Shane Douglas was good. The cat was good, you know, on any given night. So, I don't know. These two sucked it up, though. After the match, Miss Jones puts the cape on Cat's back and throws it off. You know, the whole James Brown thing. And then they both dance. Cool. Call, call his mama. <laughs> we now see Jeff Jarrett walking through the back when he sees his guitar shattered on the ground. He asks a couple of randoms what happened. And both say that they don't know. Jarrett asks where Buff Bagwell went, and they point him down the hall. Oh, well, hey, it's war now. Only I get to shatter my guitars. <laughs> Good uh, we now go to Pamela Paulshock standing by with General Hugh G. Rection, Lieutenant Loco, Corporal Cajun, and Sergeant Awall of the MIA. Paulshock reminds us that Rection's final shot at Lance Storm's U.S. title is tonight. Uh, Loco tells... Rection's uh, Rec- final shot... <clears throat> Yes. Uh, Loco tells Rection to eliminate him by any means necessary. Rection says that Storm made this personal. He made it about major guns. And Cajun says, you can keep that, bitch. Cool. Real sentence. <laughs> uh, Rection says, it's not over until the misfits say it's over. And Paul Shock says that the general may have finally snapped in a performance that could have got her a starring role in Sharknado. <laughs> I forgot that was a thing back then. Yeah. <sighs> we now go to a vignette where blood runs colder and the return of Glacier while the commentary team craps all over it. Tony Schiavone's like, no, not again. And then he literally His says. reaction, I take back what I said about Gene. That was probably the greatest thing of the night. <laughs> yeah, right. He's, He's like, like, we're not doing can, this again. You could hear him laughing, like scoffing in such a sarcastic way. Well, and afterwards he goes, that's a rib. <laughs> Bam Bam Bigelow now walks to the ring in a t-shirt and says that since Mike Awesome went to the hospital, he declares himself the winner via forfeit. Ric Flair comes out and says, 
You're signed up to wrestle tonight, and we've got 10,000 people here. Sure. So is this Psycho Ric Flair again? Because, uh... Ah, he was going back and forth. Yeah. And, uh, 10,000 people, huh? Hmm. Uh, he well, then said... probably drunk and seeing, like, triple, so it probably was to him. <laughs> Holy crap, he said that. He then says that he's got a surprise and a match for him tonight before Sergeant Wall comes out carrying a table. And this is Bam Bam Bigelow versus Sergeant Wall in just over five and a half minutes. Four minutes too long. Mark Madden <laughs> says... Mark Madden says that WCW needs to, quote, cut out this hardcore crap because it's shortening careers. Okay. Uh, in the end, AWOL sets up the table in the ring and tries to chokeslam Bigelow through it. Keep in mind, this is not a hardcore match. But Bam Bam blocks it. It's greetings from Asbury Park and wins. Uncle Dave gave it a dud. I give it a star. Say you. Oh, I give it a Z because it put me to sleep. Yeah, this sucks, man. I was like, why is this? Why is this? Moving on Nitro. Yeah. After the match, Bam Bam Bigelow collapses face down, and they have to load him onto a stretcher with a neck brace on. So, yeah. Yeah, because I saw stuff that caused a neck injury. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, We now go back with Mean Gene Overland standing by with Buff Bagwell, who has the neck of a shattered guitar with him. Uh, uh, Where did he get that, by the way? Because the shattered guitar we saw... The neck of the guitar was, like, on the ground with it. Shattered Guitars RS. Where the hell do you think he got it? <laughs> oh, excuse me. Good grief. Uh, but anyway, uh, Bagwell mocks Jarrett for a bit before going back to Bigelow being... Uh, before we go back to Bigelow being checked out by the EMTs. Uh, before the next match, Lance Storm comes out with major guns and says that uh, he's coming out against Doctor's Orders for this match. And he says that it took everything, or he took everything from General Erection except his country, and that's because he doesn't want it. He then stands at attention for the playing of the Canadian National Anthem. General Erection comes out as Bam Bam is still being stretchered out. But Bam Bam jumps off the stretcher, and he starts beating away at Erection. Finally, Storm rolls Erection into the ring to start the match. Yeah, see, this is the payoff, and I forgot. Because I was like, wait, what just happened here? Yeah, they're building this for months. <clears throat> ah, okay. Well, right here we get Lance Storm with Major Guns. He's defending the WCW United States Heavyweight title against General Hugh G. Rection. Real name. (laughs) Uh, This went about six and a half minutes. Storm gets absolutely buried here. Uh, Even after beating, or even after the beating that Bam Bam gave Rection, even after Major Guns crotches Rection on the top rope, Rection still manages to hit a moonsault, barely even touching Lance Storm, and still gets the three. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter, or three quarters. I gave it a star. I hated this match. Let's say you. I gave it two only because I was following along the whole time. Like, from mm. the time it started to this, that was a fun payoff to finally see him win, so. I mean, I, 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 I'm not saying I would have had him lose, but I'm just saying it's like, I mean, when you put it together like that, like, he got beat up before the match, he got crotched on the top rope, and then his moonsault barely touches him. And he still beats him. And this is after they've been building Storm up for, like, ever. So it's just weird. I don't know. But back, well, backstage... The payoff of him beating a guy they built up forever does work, though. Yeah. But backstage, Mike Sanders is telling uh, head of security, Doug Dillinger, to send the uh, security home. We now get a commercial for Starcade 2000. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> what a show that was. 
I say not remembering a damn thing from that card. Jeff Jarrett now comes to the ring for his match and grabs a mic, saying Buff is just an idiot. Jarrett's still the one with all the stroke around here. He says that when you're the chosen one, you can uh, you always come prepared. So tonight, he's going to prove why he's the big superstar and Buff Bagwell is just a goose. Well, I mean, did he really have to prove that Buff was a goose? <laughs> I mean, I he himself, I don't know. <laughs> uh, this match is Jeff Jarrett versus Buff Bagwell in just over 11 minutes. This was never made no DQ, but both men brawl all around ringside, use weapons, and hit low blows. All right in front of the ref. This, so was, was this ECW at this point? Like, for God's sake. They uh, bumped the... Well, they bumped the ref for no reason whatsoever so that Jarrett can bring in a chair. Keep in mind, this is after they've already been using weapons. And then David Flair rushes out and DDT's Jarrett on the chair. But of course, that's not the finish and Jarrett kicks out. Why would that be? Oh, Jarrett, you always have to have David Flair appearance, though. Damn straight. That asses and seats. Man, so I gotta say, uh, you always want to give them more than they, you know, like more than their uh, you know, value for their money. Hell yeah, added value, dude. Exactly. Jarrett, of course, has another guitar hiding under the ring, uh, and when the ref gets uh, shoved aside at one point, Jarrett Elka bongs Buff Bagwell for the win. Pointless. Uncle Dave gave it two and three quarters of a star. I gave it two Holy stars. Crap. Yeah. I gave it two stars. Say you. I barely gave it two, only because it's a little entertaining. Yeah. So, so he was a quarter of a star away from giving this damn thing three stars. <laughs> Think about that. What the hell? It's funny, too, because I often wonder, what, what brings it down a quarter? So if I'm going <laughs> off my logic, why isn't it three? <laughs> Maybe David Flair brought it down. <laughs> it's got to be it. But before the next match, Mike Sanders comes to the ring to join commentary. Above average? Well, yeah, he's a he's an above average commentator now. But we now got the perfect event of Chuck Palumbo and Sean Stasiak defending the WCW tag team titles against the insiders, Kevin Nash and Diamond Dallas Page. Diamond Dallas uh, White Trash. It's Scott Simon call him. Wow. Uh, this one went just shy of 15 minutes. To get around the no wrestlers around the ring rule, Mike Sanders has made all the members of the Natural Born Thrillers official security guards for this match. When they try to get involved, when oh, that was kind of clever. It was. I feel like they did a variation of this like three times within the past year. Yeah, they did. Uh, man, everyone had a management license at one point. Yeah. Well, when they try to get too involved, Ric Flair comes out with Doug Dillinger's security to take them all away. Mike Sanders can stay, though, because he shows off his official wrestling credentials, or, excuse me, manager credentials. When uh, when Nash gets the hot tag, he whoops all the ass, hits a jackknife on Stasiak, and Sanders pulls the ref out of the ring. The DDP hits a diamond cutter on Sanders. The ref slides back in and counts a three for Nash. Uncle Dave gave this two and a quarter stars. I gave it two stars. What say you? <sighs> two, barely. I yeah. thought about giving it one. I thought, I, was was okay. like I thought I was going to like this one, too. I yeah. forgot about it. I know. I, I like all four of these dudes, but nah. Nash didn't really do a whole lot. I mean, I know, shocker. But <laughs> yeah. Got the boot and the power bomb and the hair flip. And... <laughs> and the flipper punch. 
But now we go to the back with Pamela Paul Shock standing by with Alex Luger. Paul Shock asks Luger if his butterfly, if he has butterflies heading into this match. Luger takes exception to this, and he tells Goldberg that tonight could have been them against each other for the world title, but he blew it. Luger says that he's, quote, the Michael Jordan of WCW, and tonight he's going to end Goldberg. Look, if there's one person that I would consider the Michael Jordan of WCW, it would not be Lex effing Luger. I guess from Chicago, so I'm just not. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, this next match, the total package, Lex Luger takes on Goldberg. If Goldberg loses, he has to leave WCW. This went just shy of six minutes. Lex Luger pulls the referee in between them, uh, in between him and Goldberg at one point, causing them both to get speared. Goldberg then hits a jackknife on Luger as another referee runs out and counts a three for Goldberg. Uncle Dave gave it a dud. I gave it a half a star. What say you? I gave it a whole star. Yeah, not good. I mean, I don't, it wasn't meant to be, but I think I texted you, uh, during this time. I was like, man, this is going to be a wrestling clinic. Luger and Goldberg. It's going to be Flair Steamboat levels of technical greatness. My note after the match here, uh, last week on Thunder, Goldberg's new streak was 14 wins. Uh, when he came out at this event, they announced it at 20. On Nitro the next night, they announced it at 25. So somehow he went from 14 oh, to 25 God. with only one match in between. <laughs> Got to factor in them bar brawls, dude. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, sure. Good grief. Uh, we're going to take our second to last break. When we come back, it's main event time. What a main event it is. Right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared the room. Shared a room. For we right? shared the room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go movie. way back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Hey, hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, 
and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we are back. And we're back. It is Booker T defending the WCW World Heavyweight title against Scott Steiner with Medeja in his corner in a straight jacket cage heat match. It went just over 13 minutes. Real, real stipulation, by the way. Uh, I guess if the cage heat is basically like Hell in a Cell, and then they hang the street jacket from the ceiling, I guess, to use as a weapon. <sighs> Scott Steiner jumps Booker T as soon as he gets in the cage, and for some reason, Medeja is allowed to stay inside the cage for this match. Why? Don't know. Manager's license. Yeah, but inside the cage? I don't know. <sighs> Steiner gets the street jacket first. I don't make up the first. rules, dude. Neither do they. <laughs> They clearly make up rules. Yeah, that's true. Steiner gets the straight jacket first, but Booker T puts it on Steiner before blasting him in the face with a chair. Steiner then uses his effing man strength and just rips the arms off the straight jacket. In the end, Steiner ends up blasting Booker in the face with a chair, slamming him, locking in the Steiner recliner, and Booker T passes out to give Steiner the win. What the hell was the point of the straight jacket? Uncle Dave gave it two stars. I gave it two aesthetics. and a half for average. What say you? I gave it one, but I said aesthetics. That's the point of it. Yeah, it was like, bro, it, it would look cool on the box art, bro. <laughs> it literally did nothing. But after the match, Steiner repeatedly beats on Booker T with the steel chair, shoves aside some referees, and then slams the steel chair onto Booker T's braced right knee repeatedly to close the show. <sighs> Well, I think we should take our last break. When we come back, we're going to dive into the final ratings and tell you what's to come next week on the podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we're back. We're back. Final ratings time. Internet Movie Database gave this 5.5 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 3.21 out of 10. I gave it 5 out of 10 for suck. What say you? Gave it a solid F minus. Yeah, this is a horrible show. It was one of the lowest grossing in the history of WCW. Even just looking at the card, I mean, I like Booker T and Scott Steiner. And like I said, I like the people in the tag match. But 
There's nothing on this card that would make me go, ooh, I should drop, you know, what was it, 30 bucks on this? No, nothing. But that does it for this one, man. Uh, so that wraps up November. Damn, blew through that one. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy, if you're listening to it on Wednesday, uh, I hope you all enjoy your Thanksgiving feast tomorrow. If you're listening to it on Thanksgiving, thank you for uh, making us a holiday tradition for you. But we are now headed into December. Next week, we're going back to the year 1993. It's Starcade month. So next week, to start off December, on the 1st, we are covering WCW Starcade 1993. This is the one headlined by Ric Flair versus Vader for the WCW title. It was... A memorable match. I don't. I haven't watched the whole event back yet. There wasn't like a whole lot on the show that I think was earth shattering, but the Vader Flair thing was very historic, and I've seen it before. But I'm looking forward to watching it again. Uh, December eighth, real quick, uh, is the WWE Vengeance 2001 for the 20 year anniversary, and uh, you know, so a little bit more recent. That is where Chris Jericho defeated. I, I don't know if you know this, Greg. In one night. On the same show, Chris Jericho defeated The Rock and Stone Cold. Did you know that? I feel like I did. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I, I mean, not a lot of people know that. He's not. He doesn't toot that horn enough. You really should, you know, put it on a shirt or something. <laughs> anyway, but uh, that uh, that's coming up in the next few weeks. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. And thank you all for joining us again. Uh, it's been a fun November. See you all next week for WCW Starcade. When it comes to service, Rush Truck Centers is committed to making you their top priority. Whether you're looking for same-day preventive maintenance, assistance from their dedicated service concierge team, or 24-7 access to your truck repair status, Rush Truck Centers offer customizable maintenance plans that fit your needs. What are you and your truck waiting for? Schedule an appointment with Rush Truck Center Service Department or ask them to dispatch a mobile service unit when and where you need it. Visit RushTruckCenters.com to find your nearest location. You can expect more from Rush Truck Centers.